Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is the Driveway Liberty Podcast. You're going to die because of climate change. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Driveway Liberty Podcast. I am your Uncle Wes, and I'm sitting here with my good friend, Dan. And we've got a very special guest for you. We'll get to in just a minute. He's going to tell you why you may not be dying from climate change. But before we discuss that, Dan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Are you? Had a great weekend. Well, that's word on the street, man. I hear you yeah. went to Miami. Yeah, I took my son to see the Dolphins play, and they put up a historical ass whooping on the Denver Broncos. It was What's like seventy to seventy to twenty. Who was quarterback? Was hey. it Tua? Tua. Wasn't he like the ball boy for Denver at one point? No, that's Mike McDaniel, the coach, oh, okay. coach of the Dolphins, was the ball boy oh, for, okay. for Denver. Wow. I didn't watch it. You know why? Football season's over for me. Good <laughs> Auburn lost. Because Auburn lost. I'm done. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, better luck next year. Miami won. Hurricanes. I I don't care. I don't That's care. What I'm saying. It's over. Football. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. So you you're um, not watching any football anymore? Uh, I probably will. Yeah. Just because I, I like to troll <laughs> others, but you know, I, uh, I I I didn't watch any more after. Listen, let's be honest. You really Saturday. didn't think. No, no, was no, no, no. It's a rebuilding year. It was a rebuilding year. But Colorado did lose. Oh, magically. <laughs> Hadn't heard a lot out of them this oh, week. Oh, man, it was rough. Anyway, man, so we have our resident unpaid. Geological expert. Geological that expert that's joining us in the driveway this time. Last time he called in, Dr. Wesley McGriff, how are you? I did call you McGriff, didn't I? Ingram. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't know where, where that comes from. I just it just seems to fit. Fred McGriff was like the first baseman. Yeah, he was for Atlanta Braves. Damo Rays when they first uh, yeah, got but he, their franchise. He played it at the Braves too. Yeah. But anyway, it's not the sports it's crime dog, right? Crime dog. <laughs> yep. So there you go. So I, I can definitely remember your first name. So uh, <laughs> where? Right. How you been, buddy? Good, good. How y'all been doing? Good, man. It, now, so you've been in the area. And now refresh our listeners on where you live full-time. So full-time, I live out in Houston. Right. But, uh, but I come over here a lot. My parents are here, and uh, I've actually got some property over in Apalachicola area. Nice and, area. Uh, yeah, I've got a nice lot there, and uh, hope to build a nice place on it. So I'll, I like the Forgotten Coast. A lot like here, just a little more. Forgotten. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We are, uh, yeah we're, I'm big fans of that area down there. Um, and I actually have – kind of passively been looking for some additional property down that way so um just because man it's forgotten for the most part yeah well you're looking for what you bought in here because where we live now isn't the the nice quiet uh place that it was at one time right well i'm looking for those deals that were like when we first moved down here you could buy a bayfront lot for 80 grand that's what I'm kind of no, looking for. No, some one point eight. Yeah, that, that might be tough. I, I was I was looking for a long time, like over a year, mm-hmm. just looking at all, lots all over the Gulf Gulf Coast, and uh, but it is cheaper. It is quite a bit cheaper over there. Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously, there's a lot less uh, things, amenities, and and uh, and attractions than there are here, um, but it, it's the it's the natural part the. One few, one of the few remaining natural parts of Florida that has a yeah. coastline nearby. Yep. So, um, it, it's absolutely beautiful. A lot there. of nature over there. Real yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking about buying property in par- Florida, don't. <laughs> we are full. That's where Ace is from. Appalachian My Florida. dog Ace is from Sop Choppy. Sop oh, Choppy. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Which is always fun to say, especially yep. I after I, several my, adult beverages. My son had a Little League tournament. Uh, states down there I and gotcha. uh we we stayed in crawfordville and uh cruised down through apalachical and played there and uh drove through sop choppy so then we found out when ace was found in sop choppy because we rescued him right like it was all right ace we just we just drove by your house there you go cool all right so let's let's get knee deep let's ready? get into it ready yep. so uh all right doc I just want to start with saying, listen, you you better be on board because 
over 97% of scientists agree that humans cause climate change. Oh. No. All right. That's so you're the 3%, right? You're well, a three percenter, which we like three percenters. I'm a three percenter. It's a good history with that. But that uh, that statistic, that talking point, that that narrative is not really accurate. The way they they went about getting that, they um, they did a survey and they had an answer that they wanted, which was right. this overwhelming, you know. It was a skewed, yeah. skewed scenario. It was, it was skewed, and uh, it's my understanding there's two different ways they did it. They did a survey. They asked people, and then they did another one where they looked through abstracts and they looked for key words. And a lot of, t- and we actually talked about last time how um, there is a bit of corruption in the environmental geosciences, where it's understood that the establishment, the academic, they're paying side, for they, the results. Well, they, they, what's they that? that? There's the meme that's been going around lately. Ninety-seven percent of uh, all scientists agree with the guy that's paying them. That's, you exactly, know, I mean, yeah. that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, that's a great meme. Yeah, it's yes. a great meme because uh, it's true. I mean, I mean, those guys want to do their research. They want to get they want to get their funding, and um, it's understood that they need to talk about. They need to use key buzzwords: climate change, human cause. Sure. And the best psyops or propaganda, if you want to call it that, are based on a small amount of truth. Yeah. And what they do is they conflate it to such a level. That it's it's really it really comes down to being a bunch of BS. And so while it is true that CO two is a greenhouse gas and it does trap radiant energy, sure. But it's extremely weak relative to a lot of other greenhouse gases. In fact, yeah. water vapor is probably the most important uh, greenhouse gas in the atmosphere, and they don't they don't talk about that. Uh, it's it's always got to be about the CO two. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's see. Last time we touched on Milankovitch. But we didn't really get into it, right? No, I, I don't think we got. Well, I think last time we were kind of short on time. Tonight we've got a full. We, we'll do a full hour cast. So awesome. if you have the time to to be yeah. a part of it, we'll take a break here in a little bit. But um, yeah, yeah, let's get knee deep, dive in, tell us about it. Okay, all right. So now, I'll, I'll keep try in to... mind that we don't want to put anybody to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll I'll explain this best I can at just a very basic level. Um, but Milankovitch and Milankovitch theory is named after the guy who's a mathematician and astronomer right. who came up with the idea. And so at first I've got to start with glacial interglacial cycles. Okay. We, we talked a little bit about that last time. We sure. talked about some of the, the data that they look at to tell that there was cooler and warm periods in the past. And what Milankovitch theorized back over 100 years ago. He was a Serbian mathematician scientist. Right. And he said, you know, I, I, I think this has to do with orbital parameters, orbital cycles. So mm-hmm. geologists at that time, even 100 years ago, knew that there were... So like aphelion and paraphelion where the, the Earth is a little further from the sun. That's right. And a little closer to the sun. Okay. That's right. I remembered um, something from a... That's exactly right. Yeah. Geology. Um, yeah, yep. but that's just one of the cycles. There's actually uh, three. There okay. is the orbital, the eccentricity, if you call it the orbit. So it goes from something pretty close to circular to something more elliptical. Right. And that's about 100,000 year periodicity. And then the other one is the tilt. Our tilt is not stable. Yeah, we've, actually, our axis has changed over yep. geological time. I mean, yep. yeah, absolutely. Yep, the axis changes. And then there's even a third one, which is called the precession of the wobble. Okay. Or also known as the precession of the equinox. So like a wiffle ball. Like a wobble. Like when yeah. you spin a top on a table. Right. It and it starts. gets a little bit of wobble to it. I got it's, you. It's the physics of it. You get a little bit of a wobble. And, and all these planetary bodies that move around solar systems and the sun, it's not it's not like it's a perfect thing. They're, sometimes they're a little off. They have little eccentric orbits and different tilts. And sure. Some, some of them can tumble on their axis. Uh, so, But the Earth, you know, varies from about 21 to 24 or so degrees on the tilt, and then it has a, a wobble. And each one of those has a periodicity to it. Um, now, 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 what does periodicity mean for? Uh, it's just a time. Period, it's just a period, period, period of time. To, to complete one okay. cycle. All yeah, right. Just the time it takes to complete one cycle. Okay. Um, and so basically, without getting all into the details of it, um, you can actually calculate this This. Until you go way back in time, and then stochastic things or random things in the in the solar system make that a little more difficult. But this right. guy was a mathematician, and he was an astronomer. He knew 
about these things. He said, well, I can calculate it. And so he calculated it going back. Right. And he said, it looks like these interglacial periods are lining up pretty damn well with maximum summertime insulation in the Northern Hemisphere. Okay. And so that started the theory. But we have to remember back then that was not accepted at that time. They had all kinds of different ideas and they didn't know what it was, but it was not accepted for a long time. Mm -hmm. A lot of data came in over the decades, many, many years. Fast forward to the 1970s, 60s, 70s, there's something called the deep sea drilling project. Yeah. And, and now it's known as uh, the ocean drilling program. And they go all around the world and they take deep sea cores and they do all this stuff. The long and short of it is they've, they've got a lot of these marine sediment records that I talked about last time. Right. I talked about all the geochemistry. Yeah. And they found these cycles in there and it was like, boom, per perfect. Lined right up with Milankovitch. So then you fast forward another 20, 30 years or so. And right. then, then they took the ice core record and then sure enough, the all the temperature proxies still lining up lining up right with Milankovitch. And so when you talk to someone that studies the interglacial glacial period, like the last so that represents about the last million and a half years. Yeah. And, and it's kind of looking at these back and forth between glacial interglacial. We're in an interglacial right now. I mean, those guys, they know it's yeah. Milankovitch. And so that's not even that's not even a in the scientific community, that's not like disputed at all at this point. When you when you had the marine record, the ice core record, all of these things lining up with Milankovitch, right? That that's pretty. That, that is pretty, consensus. Pretty 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 strong consensus, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And the other key, the other thing that I really want to uh, point out about Milankovitch is in the ice core record. Now, this is very important um, because they want to argue man-made CO2 is forcing temperature and is going to cause all this you know, this alarmist, catastrophic warming, right? And asthma in Canada and... Um, yeah, yeah, all this all Maui. This stuff. Yeah. yeah, all this stuff. They want to tie it to that. Well, here's the deal. When you look at the ice core record and you really zoom in and you look at it, the CO2 lags behind the temperature, not the other way around. So just think about that. I, 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 want, I want everybody to kind of understand this, is that if CO2 was the driver, it would be leading temperature. Right, so, so CO2 not. is reacting to the change in temperature. Exactly. Ah. At, as opposed to what they're claiming that CO2 is causing the change in temperature. Exactly right. So it's it's simply responding to temperature. And someone like me who's a geochemist, studied biogeochemistry and all this stuff, it actually makes perfect sense. Sure. If you have a cooler climate, you're, you're going to lock up more CO2 in the oceans. The mm -hmm. oceans are going to act like a capacitor. And when things warm up, you, the oceans are going to evolve off more CO2. You're going to get a more active uh, biosphere. You're going to get more intense biogeochemical cycling, which just means that there's going to be more CO2 in the system moving back and forth in sure. different reservoirs. Um, so to me, that's obvious. To anyone yeah. who's a geochemist that studies this stuff, it's obvious when you have higher temperatures, you're going to have more carbon in the atmospheric reservoir. Right. Now, we are outside of natural variability as far as the ice core record, but... That's only one small piece of geologic time in history, right? We're talking about, you know, a, a million, million and a half years. If you go back before that, there's plenty of proxy data to say that CO2 was much, much higher. And then you go back even further to that before you had, you know, a lot of glaciation or, or hardly any in either the north or the south pole. You go back tens of millions of years. It was a, it was a super greenhouse. Yeah. And so climate and temperatures were much, much warmer. Oh, yeah. And so it's just... People look. People that study deep time climate and, and geochemists, people look at this, and they talk about oh, climate change and humans and this. To us, it's not even like a big deal. It's like we know that the earth the change is, is the only constant when it comes to the earth. It's always climate is changing, going up and down, and you know to think that we're driving all this on the planet and it's not something else is a little bit kind of like in a way. It's arrogant. It's arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. To and think we're having that type of impact mm -hmm. when over geologic time or just time itself in the, on the earth. Right. Where those fluctuations, like you said, the CO2 balance was much higher. Right. And much more dense in the atmosphere than it is now. Exactly. And, um, yep. you know, how many humans were there? I mean. So, <laughs> oh, humans. so the yep. planet yeah. 
the planet will adjust based on the factors that are happening in whatever period we're talking about. That's exactly right. And then they cherry pick measurements during those times to kind of prove or try to prove you know, yeah. their, their arguments. They're very selective about it. There is a narrative. There is an agenda. Right. And that was kind of the thing that, that pinged in my mind. Like, you know, I'm a geoscientist. Like, I went to school for this stuff. I've known for a long time the problems with the CO2. And, and the way they presented it was kind of kind of very biased. But I, for a long time, I just didn't really think about it. And then I started getting into and looking into the green agenda. Yeah. And that's when, like, I realized, wow, this is they want this narrative really badly and there's actually a reason behind it. And, and then you start going into, and I don't know if you guys want to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole. No, we're all, yeah. we, oh, yeah, yeah. we love Let's go. conspiracies. Let's, go. Let's do it. Well, if you look into the club of Rome, you guys familiar with the club of Rome? No, I can't say that I am. Okay. That's my, that's my first hearing of it. I apologize for so being the, ignorant. The club of Rome, uh, its first meeting was back in 1968. Okay. And in a lot of ways, they are the precursors to uh, the European Union, setting up the European Union. Mm-hmm. At first, it was the common market between France and, and Germany is how they initially sold it. Sure. Oh, this will be good. We'll, we'll trade with each other. We'll be a, you know, a, trading, a trading block. Uh, so it's basically are, what people are calling the cabal. Yeah, there's many different names for it. Yeah. There's many different names for it. But you have, a lot of these same people that were part of Club of Club of Rome are also part of the Bilderbergs. They're, okay. they're associated with the Rockefellers. They're associated with all these different groups. So those I have heard of. So yeah, yeah I know I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, this and, and and these groups are these groups are real. Yeah, we need to move beyond the point of saying oh they don't exist or the media is trying to say oh they're just a social club. You know they're 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 having their meetings and the the rich people like to get together and talk. Uh-uh, no. It, the most, the richest and most powerful people in the world are not meeting where they have what they call Chatham House rules, which yeah. means you meet and you talk and you don't discuss what you talk about. Yeah, they're not, they're not talking about what they, what they're doing for the weekend. No, they're shaping agendas mm-hmm. and they are putting their people mm-hmm. into place in in Western democracies to push an agenda. Now, yeah. I don't think they have complete control, but I think they have. A pretty strong influence, more than we more yeah. than we would like to think, uh, because money uh, money causes a lot of influence. It just does. It's just well, I mean, you know, a lot of people blame capitalism for our current economic situations, but if if I always say it's corporatism, mm-hmm. because those with the money and if the government has enough power to control certain things. All you have to do is go to that official and slide some cash that way or use that that influence that you have via financial means yep. to influence policy and in your favor. Yep. And that that is probably one of my number one arguments for limiting the scope of government control. Yeah. If we, we haven't been a capitalist country in, in many, it's been a minute. Many, many, you know, yeah, well, it's been a since long the time. New Deal. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say it even goes back to Woodrow Wilson and 1913 yeah. central bank setting mm-hmm. all that up uh i mean there are rich and powerful families that have been in the background influencing things for a long time uh, i don't know if it's psychological if these people are just bad and psychopathic or whatever it is but they ha- they have been doing they they have been doing this for for a long time and they use their money to influence democracy and they get their people in place and they fund their campaigns in exchange for like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna push through some of the stuff we want, right? And, and when you look at the the history of how they set up the Federal Reserve, um, you know, there's there's a lot of that. Senator Aldrich was basically a a banking. They called him the money trust back yeah. in those days, but he he was a plant for them. And then when they and if, if you read, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, what's the guy's name. E.O. Wilson. It doesn't matter. He wrote he wrote the book Creature from Jekyll Island. Yeah, you familiar with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you know you know the story. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want to go into that because it gets us a little off topic. I want to go back to the, the Club of Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so the Club of Rome uh, met in 1968. They put a report together, and they actually came back in 1972. But as early as 1972, they met. First, they met in Rome. They decided to formally organize and have their meeting. Uh, and then they then they met again in 72. Right. And um, 
this is this is wild. They were actually funded and supported by the Rockefeller organization. And so a lot of these NGOs and nonprofits are behind a lot of these things, a lot of these these agendas. Mm. Anyway, they basically had all the participants sign an agreement that said we need some type of supranational organization or structure to solve the world's problems because things are becoming global now. Right. And, and to put that in context at the time, uh, in 1970, 60, 70 was right around the environmental movement as well. Right. And uh, you may have heard of the population bomb with uh, Walt uh, Ehrlich. Mm-hmm. Basically, too many, too many people, right? Yeah. Too many people causing too many problems. And the global warming stuff was not really there yet. It was just only starting. Roger Bell was out in oh, Scripps Institute, and they were becoming aware of the, of the CO2. But these guys in the Club of Rome, they needed and they wanted global existential threats that they could sell to the public, to the world. That, oh, you have these global problems. We need, we need global international structure to solve these things that individual governments basically cannot tackle the world's problems. And they created a report called the limits, the limits to growth. Yeah. And the limits to growth. I went through this thing. I, I, I did a cast on it. I, I read through it. I looked at the data. Um, they were using a lot of early rudimentary computer modeling, but the long and short of the, the conclusion of the report was there's too many people. Yeah. There's too many people consuming too many resources, creating too many environmental problems. Now, that's actually demonstrably false. The Mal- sure. You guys heard, heard of the Malthusian theory, right, of the Malthusian thought. It's, it's Malthusian. Yeah. But what's a little bit of a different bent with the Club of Rome versus just traditional Malthusian thought is that um, the Club of Rome went one step further and said um, it's, it's not – so much about the environmental aspect. Basically, all these people having a high standard of living, consuming all these resources, well, we're going to run out of oil, metals, natural gas, and and then they do plots and they show all these things of these metals just basically being depleted, and then industrial capacity depletes, yeah. and that causes the the population to actually dive, die, go back down. Yeah. So, so the, in their models, they predicted uh, a future a, a population rise to a high level and then a collapsing uh, back down. Um, but, you know, if, if you look at the data and, and you and you look at just the historical period, a lot of these Malthusian projections have, have been wrong. They've, con- they've continued to be wrong sure. all through time and all through history. I mean, Malthus, Thomas Malthus was talking about this stuff back in 1798, right? right? When he wrote the paper, uh, you know, population and, and, you know, statistics and all that stuff. And what's really interesting about that is even going back to Malthus, is he even influenced uh, Darwin? So Darwin was sure. the origin of origin species, of species. Right? yeah, all that. So so that even led to uh, social Darwinism, and social Darwinism was actually quite popular among the British elites back in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, and so they they kind of thought, you know, hey, it's kind of, it even led into eugenics. Yeah. Ideas. You're right. That, yeah. You know, there's too many people. Hey, if you know, they die off or killed off or whatever. That's just not a bad thing. And and when you when you go down that rabbit hole and you start thinking that way, it becomes kind of an anti-human position. It does. And, and it becomes dangerous to society. And because. I mean, natural attrition is going to occur through death. Mm hmm. Um, but to expedite that in some way or, or to manipulate things to help expedite that is evil. That's right. You know, I mean, you, you think about, all right, I heard a comic talking about this the other day. The, the standard for evil was what man in the last 200 years? Hitler. Hitler. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was all about eugenics. You know, we're going to preserve the 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 dominant race, the the you know the Aryan race, and and all of this stuff, and 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 what we're talking about is basically Hitler-esque policy. Uh, I mean, it, the same philosophy in a softer, uh, more covert way, in, in in that they want to manipulate. I mean, you know, I I think um, 
Bill Gates has been accused of this. He's buying up the farmland. He wants us to eat grasshoppers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and to your knowledge, is he a member of the Club of Rome? Or I mean, it would seem so. Well, I would say so. A lot a lot of times the Club of Rome and these different organizations they have a lot of technocrats. What I call technocrats. They're they're scientists and engineers and all this stuff and and they're they're brought in with they know the answer that they want so they tend to collect the people that are malthusian right they're the experts that put out the papers and the information now bill gates these type of people bill gates soros uh the rockefeller foundations yeah. through their nonprofits, they'll fund this stuff so that they don't have their direct fingerprints sure. on it so that's how they do it it's it's kind of through all these nonprofits and ngos and all these which are tax exempt a lot of times by sure the way. yeah and they do it under the virtue signal of Oh, we're kind of how the people. Bidens got rich. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. I mean, who, who knows all the stuff going on there, but we know at this point that there's, there's all kinds of shenanigans going oh, on yeah. and money moving around and laundering and all yeah. this stuff. But, but they do use these nonprofits and they'll give them nice names. And on the environmental side, they'll, they'll put this front kind of like a CIA operation will have a front. Yeah. Their front is, oh, we're for the environment. Or, but there's really, a, there is another agenda behind it and that's what i've really started to realize in the last few years because i've i've known for a long time that the the globe the man-made global warming is a lot of bullshit right uh, but like i said earlier some of the best lies are based on a small bit of like truth. a smidgen of truth right i mean you could take i mean all right so when you're studying climate that is a study in time there's a time component to studying that mm -hmm. and if you take the last 10 years or whatever time frame, I'm just using that arbitrarily. Um, and you say, oh man, the, the Earth's temperature's rising a half a degree every every two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Oh shit, we're all gonna die. Right. Rather than looking at the entirety of time and saying, oh, this is natural. And, and the debate is whether we're gonna burn up or drown. Right. So, you know, when they ask the scientists, do you agree that the earth is warming and then then and then they say well yeah, yeah. the last seven years exactly. it definitely has that's how they get the bogus statistics, statistics. That, that you were talking about earlier that's yeah. how they do it they they cotch the question in such a way that yeah if you're being honest you're like yeah yeah it's warming yeah yeah, yeah there's climate change and then that ends the discussion and then they're like oh there, there's <laughs> yep. a scientist they're not diving agrees. any deeper yeah. deeper yeah. it was yeah. just like when we had matt gates on a couple of weeks ago one of the the headline in New, Newsweek is Matt Gates calling for bloodshed. <laughs> well, you, he sat here in the driveway and said, "If this happens, I'm scared there will be bloodshed." That was his exact statement because he sat right there in that chair and yeah. and 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 said it. And Newsweek goes off on this article, and they admit that in the article. But people don't read the article. But people don't the read headlines. the article. They read the headline, and they're calling for a 14th Amendment uh, violation. He needed to be arrested and all of this stuff. I'm like, are you fucking yeah. stupid? You didn't even read the damn article. Yeah, and yeah. you didn't listen to the, his actual full quote. So it's a similar situation very similar. with the science. They very asked similar. him a very, very myopic question that, that's, that's focused on gaining a certain answer. And they take that certain answer and they run with it as if it's biblical truth. Yep. And they, they form an entire agenda and they sell people on it. Yep. That's that exactly right. That's exactly right. But one, one quick point I want to make about the, the CO2 and the climate, because I, I, I think we got off it when we got into the, mm. the Club of Rome. That's kind of how, that's that. how we do um, on this which podcast. Is, which is right? fine. I, I yeah. wanted to make the point about Club of Rome and that there are people that are using this as a convenient agenda to bring in, it's not world government yet, but what they're doing is they're bringing in uh, supranational organizations to influence democracies. And they're trying to, they're trying to centralize power as much as possible. Exactly. So they have more authority and more power. Yeah. With that being said, we are up against a break. So we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back with beer reviews. Hey guys, uncle Wes here. Remember how we're always talking about how we wish we had access to an alternative marketplace for conservatives and get away from this woke culture? Well, guess what? We've found one. 
mammothnation.com. You can buy jewelry, eyewear, stuff for your pets, sauces, spices, coffees, vodka, wine. Just about anything you want, you can get at mammothnation.com. And guess what? If you use promo code Driveway Liberty Media when you sign up, you can get 30% off your first year. Go check them out. MammothNation.com, promo code Driveway Liberty. All right, guys, Media. welcome back. It is time for Beer Reviews. Beer Reviews. Man, it is time for Beer Reviews, one of my favorite segments of the show because we don't get mad, we don't get controversial. Everybody can, just about everybody except Southern Baptists can agree that beer is good or adult <laughs> beverages are good. So uh, we obviously have a guest in the driveway tonight. It's been so kind to come all the way from Houston, Texas, just to visit us. <laughs> I'm exaggerating just a little bit. He's got family in the area. Uh, Dr. Wesley Ingram, I did it right that time. I still want to say McGriff, man. And I, I remembered why, so I want to say that. I had a buddy in college. His name was Ingram McGriff. So anytime I hear Ingram, because we, we didn't just call him Ingram. We called him Ingram McGriff. And so when I hear Ingram, I just have that whole subconscious, I just want to say McGriff. Anyway, so uh, let's go to our guest, man. What are you drinking tonight? Oh, me tonight? I'm just drinking a, drinking iced tea, just taking it easy. No, it upsets my stomach sometimes I have too much beer. But if I am drinking beer, it's certainly not any of that trans Heiser Bush. <laughs> trans Heiser Bush. I like it. I like it. Good deal. Dan is uh he's got a little upset uh situation going on with his new meds. Yeah, they put me on some new meds to try to make sure I don't have a stroke because I've been having some AFib issues. Probably his twenty eighth bout with COVID too. So no, I've never had COVID. All right. So, anyways, uh so I'm drinking uh liquid IV in water. Nice. The multiplier, hydration multiplier. So is it a hydration multiplier? It is, because I gotta is keep that, hydrated. Is that science? It's it is science. Okay. Electrolytes. Replenishing my electrolytes. There you go. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Because I sweated them out all day today. So I, well, I guess I'm the only real man at the table tonight. <laughs> I guess that depends on what you're drinking. <laughs> Dude, I am drinking. You're not drinking a Bud Light, are you? I am not drinking a Bud Light. <laughs> and I have actually haven't had a Bud Light in probably 30 years. Yeah, there you go. And, and it was free then. <laughs> Somebody gave it to me because I was out of beer. So I am drinking uh, Cigar City's Highlight. It's made right here in the free state of Florida. It's a delicious beer. It is a delicious beer. And I know I've rated it before and reviewed it before on the cast, but I felt like uh, tonight was a Highlight kind of night. Uh, is that Cigar City in Tampa, Ebor? Yeah. Yeah. Ebor yeah. It's in Ebor, but it's a Cigar City brewing in Ebor City. Um, 7.5% ABV. That's a... It's a beefy beer. It is. Uh, you know, that we did the first local cast earlier, and I just drank soda for that. So this is only my second one. I'm trying to take it easy since I've got to play some music tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I usually indulge a little bit while I'm while I'm playing. So two nights in a row, heavy drinking. I'm getting a little old for that, I think. Getting a little old. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is your... And tea and liquid IV. There's people out there going, that was a disappointing beer. That was a disappointing levels. beer. Yes, that was. We, Sorry, sometimes we just got to. Well, it's a Tuesday night. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if we didn't live in Florida, it wouldn't even be okay to drink on a Tuesday night. There's something about living in the state of Florida makes it okay to drink <laughs> just about all the time. Drink anytime. I tell you, when I first moved down here and I was still doing bit, some business consulting, I went to a meeting. And it's the last time I wore full pants and a tie to a business meeting in Florida. It was my first time and last time. And I sit down. It was 1130. And the guy had been there for about 20 minutes before I got there. He got, he got there early and he had already had two beers. And I'm thinking, this is a good business meeting. This is a great business. He's like, what you drinking? I'm like, well, I was just going to drink Diet Coke. He's like, no, really? this is Florida. We day drink here. <laughs> we do. I don't do business with anybody that's not going to drink with me. I'm like, beer, please. Let's do it. <laughs> there so. you go. 
There you go. Anyway, it just seems more socially acceptable, that whole Jimmy Buffett lifestyle, even though he quit it's drinking at 45. Right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's part of living here for the most part. Uh, but don't do it every day. If you do, you'll die really early. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, we do. We, we consume our alcoholic beverages here in the great state. We do. And I, if and you, <clears throat> people have witnessed, I've I've taken in my share. But yeah, yeah. Occasionally, I just got to <clears throat> listen to my body. <laughs> well, and that's yeah. smart, Dan. We, that's smart. We know you're not, not healthy. So Probably. we want we you to prolong your life a little bit. Yeah, for a few a more bit, minutes. A little bit, a little bit. We got to get through the cast, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Until we get done. Exactly. I hate for you to die while we have a guest here. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of our guest, sorry, dude. We just kind of go off on these tangents sometimes. No worries, no worries. Um, so, as we were saying uh, before the break, climate change is, is, is a thing, but the take on it and the use of it as a power-grabbing to- tool yep. is absolute bullshit. I mean, yeah. they're using it. They're it's a thing, it. but it's not yeah. the actual thing they're telling you it is. Right. 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 Well, I mean, I think last, was it last week where we talked about the, um, the doctor? The doctor. In Canada? Yeah. Diagnosed a person, first time ever, with climate change. Climate change. That was the diagnosis. They had asthma. Wow. because You have asthma. Change. That is insane. Like the symptoms were asthma caused by climate change. That, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, they're they're trying so. to they're trying to normalize a lot of this stuff. I think more recently in the last things have gone off the rails really in the last two three years. And in, in my opinion, I mean, this stuff's been around for a while. This agenda's been around for a while. Yeah, right? but I feel like in the last few years they're pushing a little hard. Yeah. Well, they have they've got this cabal in elected office yeah. that has some power that is influencing people. Then yeah. you you throw some sixteen year old chick from across the pond that runs around and yells at everybody. How dare you? Right. <laughs> I did. I used that in one of my rumble casts. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So that now clip. you got, now you made a hero out of George Floyd, a drug addict, uh, pregnant woman abuser. And now you've got, uh, you know, on the spectrum chick from across the pond. Is she the on the spectrum? Yeah, Let's yeah. not make a, a cast she aspersions is. if she's not. Yeah, yeah, she is. Okay. It's, I think it's well known, isn't it? I, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I did not know this. But she's now the the face of climate change. Climate change right. because she made a speech and and everybody said, "Oh wow, you're you're the queen." And yeah, she did an impassioned an impassioned speech, right? And and said, "Oh wow, look at this young person pushing this agenda." But the reality is, is um, you know, a lot you, of these, wait, wait. I hate to interrupt you, and I'll let you get to your point. You know who else was an impassioned uh, speech giver? Hitler. Was, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. So anyway, yeah. sorry. But but I think that a lot of these people, um, you know, I hate to use the term useful idiots, but it's it, it fits. Oh, that's one it, of my it, favorite it is. terms. It is. <laughs> useful idiots, uh, the the mass in, in, misinformed or uninformed. Yeah. And think they're they're doing the righteous thing right. by fighting right. this battle. Right. Not, not only think they're doing the righteous thing, they think you are evil for not going along. Uh-huh. Right. Right. And, and there's no way that someone like Greta understands all the intricacies and details of, of the climate. I mean, uh-huh. she's, she's a child when she was getting into all this stuff. Sure, absolutely. And, but then there are people behind this agenda that will coach these people and basically tell them what to say and what to talk about. Well, it, it's a byproduct of, I think, I don't know if this was specifically her, but it's a byproduct of, of them, the alarmist people in the classrooms teaching these kids mm-hmm. this stuff. Because if, you, if you're a true believer, if you're one of those people who damn the, the logic, you're just a true believer, and you truly believe that in X number of years, Earth will not be inhabitable by humans because of what humans are doing now, and then you passionately portray that to people you are educating and have influence over, you're going to create an army of people who are going to do your bidding for you. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so now yeah. this becomes an organic growth in that regard because they're, they're true. It's, it's like a religion. Right. 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 And they, and they, when I say religion, it's not a worshiping type of, but it's a, 
it's a focus in which it's the long con you you are you are driven by this mm-hmm. and anybody who posts information that is opposite of that is is evil you know right and, and it's your job to fight that evil and, and i think that's a uh propaganda psyop within itself sure mm-hmm. because cognitive dissonance is a, is a pretty strong psychological effect Sure. When yeah. someone makes a decision, goes a certain route on their world, especially view. on a con- yeah a controversial or or even a, a, a basic worldview mm-hmm. for that matter. Go yep. ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. And, and and once they've decided to go down that that road, and that's what they believe, that's how they construct their whole reality. Yep. It's actually psychologically more typical that they'll double down and they'll lash out, they'll attack the messenger when sure. they're presented. With objective data or information. Well, and, and it all, the cognitive part of being uh, of the cognitive bias is the the failure to be able to accept that you are wrong. Mm-hmm. You've made up this decision, and it's it's one of the areas that I've tried very, very hard in my life to not be. I want to objectively look at something and and make it a determination. If but you I'm, literally have to work. You do. To do you that. Do. But if you're you presented do. with new knowledge, mm-hmm. most people just shut that down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, okay. no, that can't be right. That's not accurate. That's BS. Mm-hmm. But if you're presented with new knowledge, new ideas that 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 are logical or at least have some scientific, true scientific basis right. to it. It, it, it the impetus is on us to examine that information mm-hmm. yeah. and and say you know what maybe that's where intellectual honesty comes in right where, where we, we we sit there and we say you know what maybe I was wrong about this and I've done that myself a number of times in my life you've done it because you I mean you I totally changed your Democrat. entire ideology yeah yeah and um it's it's just a matter of being able to do that, and it, I think it takes a, an extremely so, strong level of self confidence. It takes a, a because nobody wants to admit when they're wrong. Right. That but is probably t- one of the most difficult things to do, size, uh, from a psychological standpoint and from an intellectual standpoint, is to admit when you are so sure about something that you were wrong. Yeah. And. And when you're talking about something that has a scientific basis like this, it's it's that's what science is. You literally have to continually get data and, and examine that data, and then and then ba- based hypothesis based on answers based on the data that you're given. Exactly. Instead, yeah. what they're doing is they they want this because right. it's going to give them control, power, right. money, all of the all of the above. Yeah. And so now they're constructing a narrative around that yes. in science to prove that. Yes. And because yeah. we are literally surrounded by useful idiots mm-hmm. yep. Yep. and people who tag onto this stuff with religious fervor, it's easy to manipulate those people. Right. I'm reading a website right now where it says, what are the main threats of climate change? It says the main threat of climate change is stemming from the rising temperature of the Earth's atmosphere Including rising, including rising sea levels, ecosystem collapse, and more frequent and severe weather. So they never talked about the frequent and severe weather until we had a couple hurricanes, mm. couple earthquakes, a flood here and there, and now yeah. they've got to tie that in. When in reality, the extreme weather events are in a cycle of its own, right. which probably isn't measurable. It's just another example of the earth reacting to what's going on well, inside there, of it. There, there is data of hurricanes and things like that going back uh, more than 100 years, going, going back to the 1800s. Right. Um, of course, they probably didn't count every last hurricane way back in the day. Nowadays, we have satellites and sure. airplanes, and so yep. there's we're going to see every single one of them. Right. Uh, but, you know, looking at that chart, it's, it's been a while since I've looked at it, but it's, it's not anything spectacular. It, it mm-hmm. just it's just going up and down, cycling up and down, and and we're, I think there was a slight increase in the 20s to 30s up until now, but nothing substantial, nothing significant. Yeah. So the data the data really isn't on their side. That's why I don't have a problem talking about this and saying things. And, and then the other yeah. way in which they measure 
extreme weather is the cost devastation. Mm -hmm. So we're more populated. We have more expensive stuff that these hurricanes are destroying. But back in the day, uh, they're they're destroying a, a, a grass hut or, you know, if you go back in history... There's right. not technology to, that's destroyed by this. Right. So when you measure it based on the amount of damage. Well, it's it's like measuring the the, the amount of money it's not the original Wars. Star Wars movies brought in right. versus the sequel. Yeah, you, yeah. You gotta, no, no, let's measure people. Yeah. yeah, The same number of people see those movies in yeah, the theater. The ticket prices are much lower than. Yeah, than they are yeah. I mean, the average salary was though. probably twelve grand in the 70s. Yeah. You know, and it was I mean, it was less than a dollar to go to the movie. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The world has changed a lot. Yeah. It rapidly. has. It absolutely has. Yeah. Go buy a new car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the other thing, other main point about the climate thing is now recently there are more scientists coming out, and and there's the Climtel group, I believe it's called, uh, but an international organization, just the scientists, earth scientists, and other other scientists, and I believe there's over sixteen hundred signatories that, that have signed this document that said there is no climate uh, crisis cat- crisis coming. Yeah. Now, I mean, they're not saying, okay, yeah, there, there is climate change. That's just a fact. Yeah. But they're saying there is no man-made uh, climate catastrophe coming. Um, well, and, that's and 1600. You, and kudos to those guys for having the fuzzies to make a statement like that, mm-hmm. given the current climate. Yep. I, I mean, climate. <laughs> um, political climate, I should say. Uh, it, it it's it is very difficult to be the lone voice, and I know sixteen hundred isn't really a lone voice, but to come together, there's safety in those numbers, right? Um, but it is extremely difficult to be the contrarian with facts, even with facts. Mm-hmm. Yep. When it goes against common perception, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on these guys. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. There is pressure in the academic world now. Well, and this is what they and want. that cognitive bias is to immediately attack somebody on a personal level. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm still seeing Aaron Rodgers memes about the ivermectin. Yeah, like well, you know, he got his he, he got hurt on the field, took some ivermectin, and idiots. But yeah. they they may have overplayed their hand a bit, and the dam might be breaking. I don't, I don't know when we're going to get some critical mass and it's going to go back the other way, but I'm just kind of sensing it and feeling it. This is just a personal opinion or feeling that I have right. that, that I think they're starting. People to are lose. starting to have the fuzzies to come out yeah. and, 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 and tout this. And thing. you can't hide reality. That's so right. when you have elites, the people with the money to spend, and if we're going to have rising sea levels in which – Coastal New York, coastal Florida is going to disappear. Why are you buying $26 million mansions? No, 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 no. Well, How could you possibly get insurance to cover that? Well, right. it's not I even mean, that, but mortgage brokers would not loan money yeah, on it, those things. It's because not I'm going to tell you what, as like, somebody that's not real. that worked corporate insurance, they're, from a mathematical probability standpoint and statistics, the, the uh, actuaries in the mortgage companies and the actuaries in the insurance company, those guys are geniuses. Mm-hmm. And they can sit down with just amazing precision and make predictions based on losses, just based on their research and what they do mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And they look at a lot of historical statistical data, too. Absolutely, they do. Where, where, are, the, where are the hurricanes hit? How, yeah, how, yeah. How frequent? So if... If that's the case, and I'm not saying everybody that buys a beach house is actually financing it, but I assure you. I, but even if you didn't finance, why are you going to invest your millions in it if it's going to be gone in 10 years? Well, my right. point being, though, is that they would not loan money. I mean, oh, the yeah. guy that's got millions may just throw money away. He may just like, you know what? I yeah, want a beach house. He's not going to look into the science behind it. Now, smart money would be to look into the science I'm talking and make about the educated who decision. Are there's a significant amount of people who are in the public eye, whether they're corporate sure leaders, Bill Gates has a couple public of office houses, yeah. yeah, you know, well, politicians, whoever. They're 
they're buying this property. Exactly. Yeah. And it's contra- it's contradicting the things that are coming out of their mouth. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on that earlier, and I didn't quite make that uh, connection or get, get around to it. That's kind of how show rules, but, um, yeah. but the elites are are either complete hypocrites or they they know at some level that, that there's some BS here, but they don't care. It suits, it suits their needs. It suits what they want. And I'm not talking about even necessarily the John Kerry's of the world. I'm referring more to like maybe the higher level globalists, like the Klaus Schwab people. He has a PhD in economics. He's not stupid. No. And these people that that wrote all these documents were part of the Club of Rome. I mean, they're full of PhDs, and these are your high level globalist people. Right. And in that that report that I referred to, the limits to growth, they talk about how they don't like people using up the resources. And so, I'm thinking that at the higher level. I think these guys know it's, it might be a bunch of bullshit, but it suits well, their they agenda. Do. No, but that, it's like, all right, so I'm my main job is marketing. So you look for angles to best market a product or service yeah. or an idea for that matter. And the what you do is you find, okay, this is a sellable idea that will entice people to buy into what I'm trying to exactly do. Exactly right. And and if I'm wanting, if I'm an elitist and I'm sitting in that room and we're we're at the Club of Rome and we're just hanging out, we're having a few beverages, like, you know what? We need to scare people. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna scare them to do what we what we want them to do to benefit ourselves. That's and right. then you find a measurable component of it. Yep. Yeah. Carbon. Yeah. Carbon emissions. Yeah. And then you conflate it. Yes. Conflate it and exactly. make that into the boogeyman. Yeah. So then you, you then that's your avenue of control. Sleep, That's right. sleep with your, yep. your sleep with your carry weapon tonight, boys. Because what's his ears? <laughs> and, and you know, it, it's hard to project. Come on, bring it and, and and predict. But but if you read into their own literature and you listen carefully to some of the things they say, I believe that they want to create digital currencies and they want to create individual carbon credits and scores. Now, I don't think they're going to get it. Right. But they talk about this as something that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Now, why would anyone ever agree to that if you didn't demonize carbon first? Yes. Right? Yeah. So you have to create it as the boogeyman. It's causing all this, all this dangerous climate, global warming. All, all and this you stuff. have to do your well, part. You have to, to do help. your part. You need, right. a, you need a boogeyman. And you yeah. used the term democracy earlier, which governments, especially our own, has used that term. Exactly how we're talking about using climate change. But we've got to go do this for democracy. And you hear this out of Democrats more than anything in the last two years. We've got to save democracy. And the only way we can do that, we can lock up Trump and we can do this. we got to save democracy. You know what? We're a fucking republic. We're a democratic republic. We are not a democracy. But that word is a buzzword. Mm -hmm. It's just like if I disagree with you and I'm a liberal, I'm going to call you a racist or a misogynist. Right. Or or a Nazi. Right. And well, it, it does. Or a fascist. You do that, and it diverts the, the conversation away from the actual nuts and bolts of what you're talking about. Right. And it makes the person on the other end defensive, so they have to show that they're not. Yeah. They, have to, they have to react to that yeah, it, accusation. And, and they use these these tactics. All the time. In and across the board with all these things, and they're nothing, and it's nothing new. Uh, someone did a montage of, of it might have been Tucker, on on X or something. One of his shows after he was yeah. gone from uh, Fox, but uh, he showed all of these totalitarian governments and leaders in the past clips of them saying, "Oh, we have to save, we have to protect our democracy. This is for our democracy." So they're always bringing in like really totalitarian stuff, but they always wrap it in nice sounding. Uh, language. Sure. Well, this is for your good. This is and, this and is, the only people that are destroying your version of democracy is you, right? And, and democracy <laughs> is a very general term. It's extremely you know, general. It's just it just refers to just the last <clears throat> two hundred years or so, if you will, of any kind of when we moved away from king, kings and queens and yeah, you know that from that, monarchs from monarchs and yeah, and it can be a parliamentarian, but it's, it could be all kinds of. Things. I mean, you look at World War One and World War Two propaganda. I mean, it, it is. We got to go over here for democracy. We got to mm-hmm. save democracy from the from the Nazis. We've got to yep. do this. 
we've got to go in and the Gulf War for democracy. We've got to um, we we've got to uh, make sure that Ayatollah is not in power in Iran or Iraq or, or wherever. Yep. And for democracy. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, 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 you know, I'm not demonizing the, the idea of a free government. I do not want to do that. But make no mistake, if we were a democracy right now, we'd all be fucking screwed because 90% of the people living in this country, let me back off that number, 60% of the people living in this country 50% are, plus one. are apathetic. Yeah, that's <laughs> all it takes. Are ap- either a- apathetic or they're an idiot. Well, I'm going to say something that might be a little inflammatory. But no, I love it's, it. It's, it's, the, it. Way, it's the, way I, the way I think. It's the way I, the way I feel, especially more recently, in the last couple of years and, and for quite a while. Um, I, I don't think we really are a, a true or a, a classical democracy or even you mentioned the Constitutional Republic. Yes, right. that's what we are on paper. Yeah. But in practice, no, we're I, I think country. we're pretty far away from that. Yeah, we're point. a long ways from We're that. a long ways from that. And, you know... When you look at these people that represent us, I would say half of them are on the take. And when you look at the money that it takes to run these campaigns, to get your name out there, get the brand, get all the, yeah. uh, you know, all the commercials and all, all this stuff, it takes money. And there's no doubt about it. The, the people that have the work chest and the money do do better. Okay. I worked on, I, I worked as a speechwriter and what I called a sign digger. Because that's part of working on a congressional campaign. You or everybody puts out signs. Um, in I think it was '98 in Georgia, and the guy, all right, this guy. I mean, he had an impressive background. He was a business owner in the area. He was a graduate from Virginia military. Did sir? I mean, he was in the service. He uh, he retired from the service as a captain. Impressive dude. First thing he did was hire some guy, consultant, out of Washington to come down to help run the campaign. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy yep. wasn't his campaign manager. Yep. He was a consultant. And that yep. guy, in four, he was making 40 grand every four months. He was making 10 grand a month in 98. Wow. That's, that's good money those days. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, 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 that's, and just to finish that thought, I mean, I, I think we're much closer to an oligarchy or a courtocracy at, at, in 2023. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but it's been a slow, gradual grind over years and years. Wes, um, how old are you? I'm uh, 43. Okay. So, I mean, in your youth, not that you're not a youthful young man now, but in your, in before you even became a, a teenager, before you even hit puberty, we were more free. In the 80s, yeah. In the 80s. And I'm a child of the 70s. He's a child of the 30s. Um, 60s. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> we've seen a, 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 a systematic progression. We talked about how they're going into the schools and they're teaching these things and they're mm-hmm. changing. They're playing the long con yeah. is what they're doing. Yeah. And, and we have systematically sat back because it's the only way I can say it. We may not have realized that at the time. And our liberties have slowly eroded. Yep. Just in your 43 years, in my 53 years, yep. in his 187 years, <laughs> yep. I mean, just over time have just eroded. Boil, boil the fog. Boil yeah, the fog, that's right? it. Slowly. Yep. Exactly. That's how you do it. And yep. it, it's just a little bit here and there, a little bit here and there. You know what's funny? You mentioned cryptocurrency. I still own Doge and I own some Bitcoin and I own a little bit of this. It's kind of funny how those were like liberty but related coins. You can hide your uh, not hide your money. I want to say that in case my IRS agent's listening, <laughs> because it's public and I I file them on my taxes. But you could, in essence, because of the blockchain and how that works, it was a safe way to hold money. And that money, like a it's couple, getting of, you out of the. Couple the of the system out of out of the that. out of the Federal Reserve, yeah, yeah, and all of that, and and, and it's and not I, regulated by government. But yeah. he, if they come with a digital currency and they do away with paper cash, I mean, you think about that, and, and you see the examples on on social media, where and I think Thomas Sowell 
or maybe it was uh, Prager U. They, they've got a video out there about this where if you, you got a hundred bucks, all right, you go out and you earn that hundred bucks and somebody gives you a hundred dollar bill. And then you go to the grocery store and you buy things and you give 50 of that to them. And then you take the other 50 and spend it on something else. What you've done is, is you've exchanged cash and everybody that you've exchanged cash with have, has received equal value of that, that, that paper currency. Right. But if somebody pays you in digital currency, bank's going to, when they pay you, there's a fee that's involved when they transfer that money to you of, it, it could be 1%, it could be 2.9% or whatever. And then you go and pay somebody digitally and the bank gets another 2.9% or whatever payment platform you use. And what basically what it's done is it's taken that real value of that money, which, you know, even paper currency is not worth much anymore. And it, it's diminished it over time to where that $100 that you were paid digitally, by the time the third person gets it, you know, 10, 15% of it is gone somewhere else to somebody else For that nothing. wasn't involved in those free exchanges. Yeah. And you get nothing in return. For and you get nothing in return yeah, for that. It's the, it's the dilution effect. And, and uh, Edward Wilson, that's his name, uh, hmm. talks about this in his book, Creature from Jekyll Island. He, yeah. he goes in the whole history of the Federal Reserve and all this stuff. Yeah. E.O. E. Wilson is the guy e. that studied ants. ants. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But one point that he <laughs> that he makes is that when the treasury, in partnership with the central bank, mm -hmm. when they create new money, mm -hmm. you know, just basically out of thin air, when they need more money to spend, and it is a partnership, it is the government with the central bank, and the central bank says, "Sure, you need more money. You know, here you go. What well, do you need? Another couple, you know, couple hundred billion or yeah. whatever you need." And so, the government gets that money and they spend it. They're the first beneficiary of it, and that's kind of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. They spend it first. Look, they get full value. By the time it works its way out into the economy, that inflation gets baked in, and then now you're participating in the economy, spending your money, and now it's worth 15% less. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not only that, but you are involving other entities that aren't part and parcel of, of your free exchange of that, that currency. Mm -hmm. Um you know, even going back to the 80s, when you were, before you hit puberty, you'd hear the, I'd hear old men say, why does the government need to be involved in this transaction? Mm -hmm. Nowadays, they just, just accept they, it. They just accept it and pay. Yep. yep. And, and you know, it's it's kind of funny. I, I buy, I buy shirts. And um, the guy I buy shirts from, you know, I, we design shirts for the show and, I design shirts for my music stuff and, and stuff like that. He'll send me an invoice and it's got taxes and all these if, extra fees. Mm -hmm. And I'll just send him a message like, why do we need to involve all these people? Let me just bring you a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't want people doing that. No. Uh, they it, want to monitor every transaction and it's yeah. just another level of control, which is part of the bigger discussion of the club of Rome and, and all of this stuff. And, yeah. I, and we, we're, we're out of time. So what we want to do is give you a minute or two to make a couple extra points. Also, while you're doing that, tell them how they can follow you on Rumble and how they can how they can learn more about you as an individual. Sure. Uh, so uh, thanks to you guys, I kind of got inspired to want to go ahead and get a Rumble channel. And, and if you want to go into the weeds, if, if you want to learn about the solar cycles and you want to learn about past climate, deep time, going back millions of years and, and glacial interglacial cycles, check that channel out. Uh, it's called Carbon Psyops. It's all one word, carbon carbon, and then psyops. Because nice. it is it is a psyop in my mind. It is a sure. psychological operation. And it, it is it is based on some truth, but it's so conflated that it's it's really just being used as a tool to not only tax people, get you know, get more money out of them, but to influence and social engineer. Right. That's that's the euphemism that the, the elites and the globalists use is Oh, we're we're gonna socially engineer. We're gonna slowly push and get people to, to go the way we want. Mm -hmm. And they're using carbon to do that. And carbon is not the problem. There is no climate emergency. There's many many experts. I'm just one of thousands. There there are many people that will say. Well, and you no. were saying all fair before we started. I, hey, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I know I said I'm giving you a final word, and you know you run with it. But 
you were saying off the air, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning this on air, that there are a lot of guys outside of that 1600 that you mentioned on here that agree with you, but they just don't feel like it's their place to get involved. Yeah, they don't want to, they don't want to get involved. They don't want to, they don't want to step into the arena. They don't want to get canceled. They don't, you know, and, and that's, and that's too bad, but that's, that's the way it is. But, you know, when the truth is on your side, I think enough people in the end will stand up Good. And, and say the right thing. Good deal. Uh, so, so uh, again, I apologize for interrupting, but uh, go ahead and finish your train of thought and then. Yeah. Yeah. It. No, no worries. Uh, yeah. We're out of, we're out of time to get more into the weeds on the science stuff, but if you're interested in that, uh, yeah, check out, check out my channel. Uh, I'm going to keep adding uh, new comment, uh, new content there. And, uh, and, and the connection that I've made in the last few years is, is that I've known for a long time that this, that there's a lot of BS to this because I've known the science behind it, but I've made the connection that there, there really is an agenda behind this. These, these globalists, they're referred to as globalists. They're real, they're real and they want power and they want money and they want control. Uh, and, and this is just a front. They're, they're just using it as a means to an end to gain more money, concentrate more money and power into the, the people that are already billionaires. Right. And so we got to watch out for that, you know, and I do cast and I talk about Bill Gates and call out a lot of his BS, but he actually invests in a lot of the companies and a lot of the things that are behind the net zero agenda. So they want to try to get to net zero by 2050, um, which is crazy because it's going to cost literally trillions of dollars in economic destruction. Well, we're already seeing the impact of that. Well, we want to thank Dr. Wesley Ingram McGriff. I'm giving you a new middle name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and a new last name apparently grift i like that term the climate grift the climate grift yeah that's pretty carbon sap so that's a good name that is a good name so hey and next time you're in town you'll come on sure all right yep. awesome so uh and maybe have us on your show yeah, just you, to sit around drink on, beer uh, and listen yeah you can come on to carbon psyops it's it's a pretty small deal right now i just started i don't have followers or anything yet well you know <laughs> we'll, we'll get you'll get there it yep. takes time it oh does. yeah it does so, uh, Dan, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. You look like you're about to fall asleep. No, I'm not going to fall asleep. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, for Dr. Wesley Ingram and Dan, I am Uncle Wes, and we will see you next time on the Driveway Liberty Podcast. You are-